And so, you know, the best thing to do is to go out and, and kind of look for the online communities that are available to you, again, based on your personal interests, based on your professional interests. I've seen communities in basically every industry at this point. And um, I think if, if there's a niche that you're interested in, it probably exists in one way or another. And, and those people are there waiting for you. And, you know, you'll be surprised at how many people kind of share, you know, those same passions as you. Um, and are going through some of the same challenges as you as well uh, and are willing to help. That's Scott Amenta, community builder, co-founder of Propel and of the chief of staff network. And look, I think in some ways this is the benefit of having a chief of staff is, you know, they can really be there to help figure out what that cadence is for companies that have in some ways lost their direction. Scott Amenta, speaking of the benefit of having a chief of staff. Community and leadership are the two main topics we explore in this episode of Le Podcast. Le Podcast equips you to make a positive change in your organization. Each episode turns insight into actions that you can use straight away to build momentum and create lasting change from yourself to your team, from your team to other teams, and from other teams to the entire organization. I'm your host, Alexis Monville. And I believe in the ability of people on teams to find better ways to increase their impact and satisfaction. Let's jump right into the conversation with Scott to learn more about what it means. Hey, Scott, can you tell us a little bit more about you and your background? Hey, Alexis, great to chat with you today. So yeah, I'm Scott, come from New York, currently living in Berlin. I've spent most of my career at early and, and growth stage companies um, really working across a number of different fields like operations, business development, um, strategy, and, and even finance at times. And yeah, I've spent a, a good part of my career at companies going from five upwards to 500 employees, you know, really operating in a generalist role without any kind of clear definition of, of what to call that. You know, it wasn't until around 2014, I joined an early stage e-commerce marketplace called Spring based in New York. You know, at the time I was looking at chiefs of staff coming out of companies like LinkedIn and Google, uh, and obviously hailing from the political space as well, and thought that there was a, a clear kind of potential need for that same position uh, within these early and growth stage companies. And so started to carve out that position for myself at, at Spring. Um, and in 2016, you know, officially became the chief of staff there um, after growing the company to around 80 employees in, in, in two fast years. You know, then shortly after that started a Chief of Staff community uh, titled the Chief of Staff Network. I've continued to kind of grow that community and, and learn a lot from uh, the members that we have within it. Thanks for sharing, Scott. What is a community builder? So I, I think if you look at the history of communities online, you know, really the, the kind of first emergence of communities was on some of the major platforms like Facebook, Reddit, uh, LinkedIn, you know, and you, you see these kind of very large groups of people that are organizing around similar personal interests or professional interests and potentially have a lot to gain from one another, but without necessarily the same kind of intimacy that you might get from, you know, an online meetup, as an example. I think the idea of a community builder is really a person that is kind of willing to uh, set aside the time to kind of put those people together in, in interesting scenarios, Right. So identifying kind of common problems, common needs, common interests, whether they're personal or kind of professional goals, um, and building the content resources, you know, platform and infrastructure 
necessary to connect those people, bring them together to kind of solve and, and, and grow and learn. Of course, I have a big bias uh, on that. When we, when we speak about community, my first, uh, my, my first thoughts are around open source communities. Sure. Do you think there's something to learn from open source communities in what you are doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the nature of communities today has evolved in kind of two different parallels. So on one hand, you've got open source communities where, you know, people are kind of free to join, free to self-identify with, you know, other members of, of the group. On the other side, you're starting to see, you know, more of these kind of private communities that exist, some of which are free, some of which are, are potentially paid for. I think there can be value in getting kind of a higher end experience um, not that the open source communities can't provide that, but a higher end experience knowing that there is a, you know, some kind of gateway or, or wall um, that's identifying members before they kind of come across that, that boundary to, to engage and interact with other people. You mentioned that you, you started that community of chief of staff. What is special about the, the chief of staff role, according to you? So the, the chief of staff role obviously has been very prevalent in the political space for, you know, I, I think mo most of the history of America, at least. It has only, you know, very recently kind of emerged as an interesting position within early and growth stage tech companies, albeit it has existed for a little bit longer at some of the larger tech organizations, Google and LinkedIn being the, the, the two most prominent. You know, I think what's so interesting about the position is a, it's a, it's a highly ambiguous role. And so at every different company, for every different executive that hires a chief of staff, that chief of staff tends to have quite different responsibilities. What that leads to is a role where you have people from very diverse backgrounds coming into it. You know, I meet chiefs of staff that come from marketing backgrounds, that come from business development backgrounds like myself, that come from strategy and kind of finance backgrounds. And, you know, they're entering into that position because it gives them in some senses, unparalleled access to see the entire purview of what it takes to grow a company. Um, and what that means is you can often have chiefs of staff that are, in some cases, earlier in their career, but operating at the highest levels of, of these organizations. And I, you know, I think that's probably one of the most interesting things about the role. Um, certainly was for myself when, when I was younger and certainly is for other chiefs of staff you know, coming into it and, and, and growing within it. Yeah, the exposure to a larger scope is definitely different for people. That's a, an interesting part of the role, necessarily. Why are you community for chief of staff? Well, I think in looking at that ambiguity of the position, two things are kind of immediately evident. One is chiefs of staff need resources and support and kind of an infrastructure layer you know, with other chiefs of staff to help them grow and kind of level up and level up those skills to be able to excel at the position. You know, at the moment, or at least when I was a chief of staff, there weren't any dedicated resources kind of talking about the position, helping me identify the areas where I should be focused, helping me think about what my career path might be. You know, that was kind of immediately evident that at least somebody needed to start writing about this position and, and really kind of sharing their own kind of personal narrative and experiences to help the others that were, that were entering into the same challenges. The other side of the coin here is really education of the market. I was immediately aware of the chief of staff role being on my resume, knowing that I was going to have to take that narrative and describe my responsibilities and my accomplishments as a chief of staff to another company with the potential of that company not understanding what a chief of staff role was. 
my belief is that it's not up to kind of one individual to you know define and, and describe that role to an entire industry. It's really up to a community to do that. You know, I felt that it, there was nothing better than taking a group of people that were in you know a role with again a lot of a lot of ambiguity, um, being able to just to, to define that experience together um, and and therefore educate kind of the entire industry about what that role would mean and the strategic importance of it. I really like that a community to support you so you can excel and grow. The, the role is already a lonely role. You, you are supporting your principal that could be the CEO or a high-level executive. You're working with the leadership team. You're in, in a little bit of a lonely position where to find some support and where, where to find the resources and, uh, and the peers that will help you to, to excel in your role and to grow in, uh, in your role. That's, a, that's, that's where I think the, the community is really valuable. I didn't thought about that part about educating the market, but based on the number of times I need to explain what a chief of staff is, I think uh, it's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think, to be fair, we're, we're still a long way away from uh, a world where everybody understands what a chief of staff is and, uh, yeah, again, the, the strategic importance of it. In the chief of staff role, I really think that building the leadership team around the, the principle is something important and part of the responsibility of the chief of staff. Do you think it's part of that role? So, yes, I certainly do. I think if you look at the chief of staff role and the reporting structure, a chief of staff is, doesn't tend to be an owner of any specific P&L within the organization. What that means is that they don't have ownership over you know, any particular group or unit and instead can focus on the holistic picture of, of the company. You know, the organization needs to be designed around a principle and the chief of staff is there to kind of support that principle and making sure that, you know, other direct reports are getting the information, getting the resources and getting the attention that they need from that principle. And, you know, it really becomes kind of this interopting layer so that the organization can run, you know, more smoothly, more effectively without kind of any individual bottleneck. And, you know, the principle tends to be that bottleneck sometimes. Yeah, very good point. What does being a leader mean to you? I guess I look at leadership in a few different contexts. The first thing that a great leader really does is creating a vision for the team, a vision and a mission that the team can really get behind, that they understand, and that they're motivated to work towards. I think the, the second kind of core component there is really then like, how do you build the team? So how do you choose and kind of pick the right players that vibe together well on a cultural level, but also have the skills, the kind of tactical skills necessary to achieve that vision? Right, so that every new person that you add to that team is not just an incremental ad, but is you know an exponential ad. And then I think the you know really the third thing that kind of drives a great leader is the ability to inspire. In order to create the kind of motivation to go and achieve great things, to work on difficult challenges, you need to be able to inspire the people around you. You know that takes I think a lot of courage to kind of stand up, give kind of great examples, tell great stories. And, you know, make sure that people are really interested in the work that they're doing and have kind of that dedication to, uh, to the challenges that they're trying to solve. Really difficult challenge. So, yeah, but I, I really love the way you are framing that. I particularly love the, the idea of exponential ad, which means that you will need to, to look at a diverse team, not, not, not only adding skills with people that are similar, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I think I think that diversity means a lot to a team, right? So that's diversity in experiences, diversity in terms of you know where that person is coming from and, and the types of problems that they've worked on before. You know, I worked for an e-commerce company uh, back in New York, as I said, as a chief of staff, and very few of the people that we hired were were from the e-commerce world, were from the you know the retail world. But that diversity led to the creation of some very unique product experiences for our consumers that were in a lot of ways fundamentally different than what the rest of the industry was doing at the time. That really speaks to yeah the the, the kind of value of of hiring a diverse set of candidates um, that can run the organization properly. Excellent. What do you think are the really the first steps when you you build a leadership team? So I think there's a few things to look for when when building a, a proper leadership team. The first is really, you know, background and experience. I think that goes without saying, you know, you want to make sure that the people that you're hiring are equipped to do the job. And, you know, going back to the kind of three points I made around leadership, that they're able to, you know, bring those elements to the table to inspire not just their immediate reports, but but also the rest of the company. You kind of have to imagine that, you know, any any leader that you're hiring on the executive team can kind of step into you know, essentially run the entire organization if they if they needed to, right? In the absence of the CEO, for example, could that person stand in front of the company and, you know, drive the same level of, of motivation and inspiration that the CEO, you know, may be doing every day? I think the second piece really is around cultural fit. You know, does that person meld well with the way that the company was built, you know, from the beginning, the way that the employees have come to, you know, reflect their culture you know, do they prescribe to the to the values and, and mission that the company has, and, and what are the examples of that that they've demonstrated in, in their own careers? Um, and then I think the, the third element is really around kind of work style, right? So is is the way that they work, the way that they think about you know even work life balance, you know, does that also kind of correspond to the way that the company has been operating? These are things that in some cases can be written in stone, you know, things like culture or things like work style. And it can be very difficult to have, you know, one leader that is swimming against the grain of, of those things and, and try to convince the rest of the team that it's, that it's okay. You really need a leader that, you know, sets examples. And ideally, those examples are things that, you know, the company has already been prescribed to. Great summary. What do you look up to as a leader to, to learn from, to be inspired from, and of course, why? So I think one person that I that I certainly look to as an inspiration for leadership, um, and certainly within the kind of context of community building, is uh, Alexis Ohanian from uh, CEO of, of Reddit. And you know I think his story is in a lot of ways fascinating, not just in the sense that he started a company, sold that company, left as CEO, and then later rejoined as as CEO to you know kind of lead it into its next chapter. You know, Alexis kind of has always been there as a as a person. You know, really fostering again back to this idea of open source communities. You know, the idea of connecting people, helping people foster relationships online that, in other ways, was was you know very difficult to do. Uh, Reddit has kind of always been a source and, and destination for great information, interesting people. You know, you name the niche, it probably exists on Reddit. And uh, you know, I think Alexis Ohanian's vision is really really behind that. And he's, he's championed that, you know, even from the early 2000s. And uh, I've got a lot of respect for kind of what he's built there. Very good one. Definitely something that I need to look at in more detail. What gives you energy? 
where do you find your energy uh, and what drains your energy and maybe your tactics to, uh, to avoid those energy drainers. So I, I think the thing that gives me the most energy and, and honestly, the reason that I really enjoy this, this idea of community building is really those kind of one-on-one -on -one relationships never really found myself as driven or as eager, you know, even having worked at companies that, you know, have hundreds of thousands or millions of users, those users end up becoming, you know, numbers on a spreadsheet and, you know, numbers that we're looking at in terms of retention and conversion growth, you know, never really with that kind of one-on-one -on -one personal touch. What I found with the, with the idea of community building is even with thousands of members, you still have a very personal relationship with each one of those people. You know, they may not be your best friend, but, you know, you know them almost by name, you know, you know their backgrounds, you've had conversations with them. What I've come to realize is you can build substantial businesses that, that are built on top of communities um, and still retain kind of that personal nature of, of, of the business. And so every time I get off the phone with a chief of staff, you know, it's new reinvigorated, re reinvigorated energy to, uh, you know, just keep doing it. Right, to continue building resources, to continue fostering more relationships, to continue connecting people together. And you know, seeing their success is, is essentially my success. And uh, you know, that's a really rewarding part of the experience. So the, the other face of the coin is uh, what drains your energy. Most recently, Zoom calls, but I think we're hopefully moving on from a world uh, where you know, everything is just virtual. The, the thing that drains my energy the most are frankly, internal meetings. You know, meetings that could otherwise have been solved by email, by um, Slack, by, you know, more asynchronous or synchronous methods of communication that don't require, you know, 10 plus people in a room where, you know, the conversation never really comes to a conclusion. Um, it just comes to more work and more to-dos for everyone where, you know, the problem may never have needed to be solved in the first place. You know, I'm lucky now to uh, be working, you know, as a co-founder of a company and, you know, can really set the kind of cadence and, and um, you know, way that the company operates around kind of that internal communication style. But uh, it's certainly not something I miss is working for, you know, some of the larger companies I've worked with um, that just have way too many internal meetings and, and never enough time to do actual work. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And, and I like your tactics uh, to avoid those ones because yeah, there's a lot that can be achieved with uh, asynchronous uh, communication with the tools that we have today. So yeah, absolutely. Sometimes a shared document is much better than trying to, to define a problem statement with 10 people in a room. Yeah. And look, I think in some ways, this is the benefit of having a chief of staff is, you know, they can really be there to help figure out what that cadence is for companies that have in some ways lost their direction when it comes to too many internal meetings. Certainly something I've done as a chief of staff is really review kind of every team's internal cadence and do a deep dive on the importance of each one of those meetings and, you know, scratch them if they're, if they're not necessary. Yep. Uh, really, really a good advice. What would be the, the first things uh, you would recommend to, to people who want to improve their skills in, in whatever their domain is? So I think the first thing that I would recommend is try to identify a mentor for yourself. That mentor can be someone that you know works at your company that maybe is not on your direct team, but some someone that you look up to as you know as a leader. Uh, it can be someone external to to the company, you know, maybe that you've met through former classmates or former colleagues. But having that person 
not necessarily a professional coach, although that's equally important, but having a mentor, a person that you can ask deep questions to about your career, ask questions that are like more tactical focused on, you know, some of your day-to-day challenges with unabashed advice is super critical to being able to get that real-time feedback and that confidence to kind of take the next steps in your career. And, and those are the things that have probably helped me the most as I look back over the you know, last 15 years. Very cool and very, very important part. Is there any resources you would want to recommend to people? So from a resourcing perspective, the most obvious thing to say is, well, there's probably a community out there waiting for you. And so, you know, the best thing to do is to go out and, and kind of look for the online communities that are available to you, again, based on your personal interests, based on your professional interests. I've seen communities in basically every industry at this point. And um, I think if, if there's a niche that you're interested in, it probably exists in one way or another. And, and those people are there waiting for you. And, you know, you'll be surprised at how many people kind of share, you know, those same passions as you. Um, and are going through some of the same challenges as you as well, uh, and are willing to help. Wow. That was, of course, the answer that you will provide, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I like what you are saying about if there's a, think about any niche that exists, there's probably a community waiting for you. Uh, you are not alone. It's a, it's a <laughs> very good one, yep. And we have uh, the opportunity to reach out to those people. Uh, this is very, very cool, uh, very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for, for having joined uh, today, the podcast. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you, Alexis. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Le Podcast. Go to alexi.monville.com for the references mentioned in the episode and to find more help to increase your impact and satisfaction at work. Drop a comment or an email with your feedback or just to say hello. And until next time, to find better ways of changing your team.